Pastors Larry and Tiz Huck welcome you to another Larry Huck Ministries podcast. We pray this teaching will fill you with God's wisdom, anointing, and revelation knowledge. Thank you for your prayers and faithful support. I want to ask you to open your Bibles this morning to the book of 2 Samuel. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges, Ruth, 1 Samuel, 2 Samuel, Moses. (laughs) 2 Samuel. My new book is, with charisma, is coming out on August 4th. And, you know, I felt led by God to write this book to let people see where we are on God's calendar. The prophecies, the name of the book is Seven Living Prophecies. Seven seven prophecies that have come to pass in our lifetime that has taken thousands of years to get us here. Now, little did I know where we would be today concerning Bible prophecies, because the title would have then been 20 Living Prophecies. Because we are living in amazing times that the world has never seen before. Never seen before. And in ancient Hebrew, there's no word for what? There's no word for coincidence. So over the next, and, and, and I, I never know, you know I, I'm a terrible pastor to work for because our poor production department, graphics department, they, they call and say, where are we going this week? And I think I know where we're going. But I never really know. You know, in, in a yeshiva, when a rabbi is teaching, a head rabbi is teaching, they have notes, but they don't really go by the notes because it needs to be a living message. And we need to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit, not, you know, not get notes from the head office somewhere and then we read those notes. We need to allow God to speak through us Because we think we know where we're going, but sometimes the Holy Spirit moves in another way. And so I think for the next four, five, six weeks, we're going to talk about Bible prophecy of where we are today. Not concerning Israel, but where we are today concerning mostly America. Now, in the next four or five weeks, we're going to talk about the, 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 the title of this series is Reading the Signs of God. Is it rapture or is it revival? And one of those things I believe, and I think you're going to see, especially today and next week, is right at the doorstep. And it doesn't depend on Washington. It doesn't depend on Wall Street. It depends on you. We're going to see next week that America has had several world-changing spiritual awakenings. But they didn't happen in Washington. They didn't happen in Wall Street. They started with the preachers. And they started with the people. In the next several weeks, we're going to talk about the rapture. We're going to talk about seven years. Think about this number. Seven years of tribulation. We're going to talk about the second coming. We're going to talk about what the Bible talks in the church of the great falling away. We're going to talk about lawlessness. 
in the church and lawlessness in the streets. We're going to talk about plagues. Are they man-made or God-sent? We're going to talk about the building of the kingdom or the falling of a nation. I want you to read with me this morning. And I'm going to, I, I told Scott and I told uh, Lauren and them and, and, and Evo in the back, I'm not sure how much scripture I'm going to read. I have to feel this, but reading scripture is not really in vogue too much in church anymore. But I think it's really, can I read a bit of scripture it may be a little lengthy, but I think we need to see the whole story here in Second Samuel because it really does depict what I'm going to say and where we are today in America. Second Samuel 24, verse 1. And again, the anger of the Lord aroused against Israel. You know, let me stop right there. I'm the kind of Christian that believes in the goodness of God, that it is our Father's good pleasure to give us the kingdom, that God will go out of his way. He'll run us down with his blessing. But we also need to understand that God can be angry with us. And the Bible does say, and, I, and if you know me, I hardly ever preach on that. Maybe once every 10 years. But the Bible says that a father will chasten the children that he loves. Amen? If you really love your child, you're not going to let your child just go and do whatever. If you find out your child is smoking dope, you need to put the Board of Education upon the seat of learning. Can I have an amen? amen? Sometimes we can talk to them. Sometimes the fear of dad is the beginning of all wisdom. Are we in that time right now? Look at what the scripture says. And the anger of the Lord was aroused against Israel. And he moved David against them to say, go number Israel and Judah. Now, it's interesting, I'm, I'm going to do this message probably in two weeks, but the way I'm feeling the Holy Spirit right now, it may take three or four. Last night, listen to what it says here. Let me, let me read this again. And the anger of the Lord was aroused against Israel because God was angry with his children. He moved David against them. He, if you read it in the Hebrew, it means he put, he allowed David's evil inclination to do something. It, it doesn't read well in English. God was angry with his children. And because he was angry with his children, he allowed David to do something against them. What did he allow them to do? He said, go number Israel and Judah. Take a census. Now I'm going to show you in a moment here that if God prompted them to take a census of Israel, it was for religious purposes. But here, God is angry with the children. And so he allows David's pride to say, go and take a census 
of all the children. I finished this message last night, and I was sharing it with Tiz, and I always bounce it off of Tiz to get her input, and she said, look at this, and she opened up the mail, and here is 2020 census. Now, in ancient Hebrew, there's no word for next week. I'm going to show you how that ties in with the fall of an empire. It's not just every 10 years we take a census. This one's different. This one's going to be tied to the mark of the beast. This one's going to be tied to you can't buy or sell. This is going to be tied to what our government, if we get the wrong government in, what's going to happen. But I want you to understand, God laid this in my heart to teach this. And then last night when I'm done, Tiz shows me here's a census. Now, now, pay attention to what's going on here. Because if you don't pay attention, let me say this. If you miss what God is, if you don't do the right thing, if I don't do the right thing, you know, we're either going to have the rapture or we're going to have revival. And if you and I don't do the right thing, the biblical thing, not the politically correct thing, not the socially correct thing, the biblically correct thing, whether it's revival, you'll miss it, or whether it's the rapture, you'll miss it. God is giving us signs because he wants us to pay attention. Are you okay? You with me? All right. I told the guys, pray that I don't say the wrong thing at the wrong time. You know, you can say the right thing at the wrong time and get in trouble for it. The anger of the Lord, say anger of the Lord, was aroused against Israel and he moved David against them to say, go number Israel and Judah. So the king said to Joab, Yochab, the commander of the army who was with him, now go through all the tribes of Israel from Dan to Beersheba, and count the people that I may know, I may know, not God, I may know the number of the people. And so Joab said to the king, now may the Lord your God add to the people a hundredfold more than there really are. And may the eyes of the Lord king see it. But why does my Lord the king desire this thing why are you going to count the people now you got to understand he's he's upset about this for a very godly reason nevertheless the king's word prevailed against joab and against the captains of the army (coughs) so joab and the captains of the army went out from the presence of the king to count the people of israel And they crossed over the Jordan, camped in Aor on the right side, or or, or, on the right side of the town, which is the midst of the ravine of Gab toward Jazer. And then they came to Gilead in the land of Tatim Hushai. Then they came to Danjan and around Sidon. And they came to the stronghold of Tyre and all the cities of the Hittites and the Canaanites. And they went out to the south of Judah as far as Beersheba. So when they had gone through all the land, now listen, watch this, mark this in your Bible, I'm going to explain it in a minute. When they had gone through the land, they came to Jerusalem at the end of nine months and 20 days. Now, mark that in your Bible, nine months and 20 days. Now, you've got to understand something, and and when you see this, I think you'll, you'll be fascinated, is that we're not allowed to remove even one letter from the Torah, from the Bible. 
Because if you remove one letter or one word or one sentence, you lose a meaning. There's the milk of the word, the surface. Okay, they went out nine months and 20 days. What's the deeper meaning of that? Why does God tell us nine months and 20 days? Nine months and 20 days. You're going to see here in, in, a, in a minute. At the end of nine months and 20 days, then Joab gave the sum of the number of the people to the king. And there were in Israel 800,000 valiant men who drew the sword. And men of Judah were 500,000 men. And David's heart condemned him after he had numbered the people. So David said to the Lord, I have sinned greatly in what I have done. But now I pray. Now, now, now they come back and say, here's how many you have. And something happened in David's heart. And he said, man, I've sinned. What did he do? He went out and counted how many people he has. And he realizes immediately, I have sinned before God greatly. I have sinned greatly. Now remember, God is already angry with Israel. He prompts, he allows David's evil inclination to rise up. What's that evil inclination? Pride. I want to know how strong my kingdom is not God's kingdom not the children of God I want to know how strong my kingdom is when a nation stops being God's kingdom and starts being man's kingdom watch out now now watch where we're going with this and David's heart condemned him after he had numbered the people. So David said to the Lord, I have sinned greatly in what I have done. But now I pray, O Lord, take away the iniquity of your servant, for I have done very foolishly. Now when David arose in the morning, the word of the Lord came to the prophet Gad, David's seer, saying, Go tell David, thus says the Lord. I offer you three things. Choose one of them for yourself that I may do it to you. So Gad came to David and told him, and he said to him, Shall seven years of famine come to you in your land? Or shall you flee three months before your enemies while they pursue you? Or shall there be three days of plague in your land? Now consider and see what an answer I should take back to him, God, who sent me. And David said to Gad, I am in great distress. Please let us fall into the hands of the Lord, for his mercies are great. But do not let me fall into the hands of man. So the Lord sent a plague upon Israel from the morning till the appointed time, from Dan to Beersheba, 70,000 men of the people died. And when the angel stretched out his hand over Jerusalem to destroy it, the Lord relented from the destruction and said to the angel who was destroying the people, it is enough. Now restrain your hand. And the angel of the Lord was by the threshing floor of Arunah, the Jebusite. 
Now, let me stop right there, and I'm going to get into this more, but I'm, I want to lay a heavy picture. What God laid in my heart, I believe, is a prophetic message. Rapture or revival. The threshing floor that David is about to make sacrifice on became the foundational place of the temple of God. Now, the first temple was destroyed. The second temple was destroyed. In Jerusalem right now, there are plans of making deals that would allow the building of the third temple. This is the threshing floor. This is what we're talking about. Now, we're going to get into the mark of the beast. We're going to get into lawlessness. We're going to get into census. We're going to get into um, uh, wars and rumors of wars. We're going to get into the Antichrist in this. The Antichrist will build a bridge of temporary peace between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, which is amazingly coming up soon. Where there'll be a place of worship for all at the threshing floor. Now, I'm not saying the Lord is coming during the 40 days of trumpets. Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, Sukkot. Sukkot is coming up where all nations will meet together in Jerusalem to worship. But I am saying... I believe God is shouting very loud, and I'm going to put myself on the line. We're either going to see America crash, or we're going to see a great awakening of signs, wonders, and miracles. I believe that with all my heart. Now watch this. This is going to blow your mind. Can I take a little time? Watch this. Verse 17, then David spoke to the Lord when he saw the angel who was striking the people and said, surely I have sinned, I have done wickedly, but these sheep, what have they done? Let your hand, I pray, be against me and against my father's house. And Gad came that day to David and said to him, go up, erect an altar to the Lord on the threshing floor of Aranah, the Jebusite. So David, according to the word of Gad, went up as the Lord commanded. Now Aranah looked and saw the king and his servants coming towards him. So Aranah went out, bowed before the king with his face to the ground. Then Aranah said, why is my lord the king come to his servant? And David said, to buy the threshing floor from you to build an altar to the Lord that the plague may be withdrawn from the people. To build a place of worship so the plague may be withdrawn from the people. So Arnas said to David, let my Lord the king take and offer up whatever seems good to him. Look, here are oxen and burnt sacrifice and threshing instruments and the yokes of oxen for the wood all these O king Arna, has given to the king and Arna said to the king 
May the Lord your God accept you. Now the king said to Aronah, no. Now listen to this for you as an individual, for me as an individual. No, but I will surely buy it from you for a price, nor will I offer burnt offerings to the Lord my God, that which costs me nothing. So David bought the threshing floor and the oxen for 50 shekels of silver. And David built there an altar to the Lord and offered burnt offerings and peace offerings. So the Lord heeded the prayers for the land and the plague was withdrawn from Israel. Now, we're going to cover several things here, but one of these things is so amazing that it can't be denied by anybody. The Bible tells us of a plague hitting Israel. And the Bible says that first off, God was angry with Israel. Why was God angry with Israel? Israel was going through religious motion, but not really serving God. Israel was going through the motion. They would say the prayers or they would keep Shabbat or they would do this or that. But remember Jesus, when Jesus came the first time, he said to the religious people or many of the religious people, you're like whited sepulchers. You're doing everything right on the outside, but your heart is far from God. We're going to talk in this series about the great falling away. The great falling away is not, and I don't want to get into it too much, but the great falling away, when I first got saved, Many, many years ago, we thought the churches would be empty. There'd be nobody in the churches. But the great falling away when you realize, and it connects with 2 Samuel, is people are still going to the synagogue. People are still going to church, but it's a social gathering instead of a place to worship God. They're going through the motions. So God is angry because we really are no longer one nation under God. We've allowed the Ten Commandments to be taken from our schools. We've allowed the Ten Commandments to be taken from our government. We've allowed the Ten Commandments to be taken from our courthouses. We've allowed prayer to be taken from our football games. And now we're having leaders of organizations shout out, destroy churches, whether they're Catholic churches or synagogues or Baptist churches, tearing down statues, cutting off the heads of Jesus. And our government is not only not doing anything, but some members of government or members who want to be elected to government are encouraging it. And God is angry. The second thing is, is God is mad at David because... He calls for a census. Now, what's wrong with the census? We see when David says, I want you to go out and count how many people are are in the kingdom. Joab is upset with this. And he comes and he said, Lord, why, why are you doing this thing? Now, we won't take time to read it, but read it when you get home or read it, mark it down. In Exodus 30, verse 11 through, I think, 16, God says, if you take a census, when I tell you to take a census, 
and you bring the half shekel, which is a religious thing. It's a, the half shekel offering, which comes up coincidentally in a month or so. That half shekel is you saying, this is for the kingdom of God. It's called in Hebrew or in English, it's called the ransom for your soul. I am, I'm giving this half shekel. It's not my tithe. It's not the first fruit. I'm giving this half shekel. I'm giving this offering so that the kingdom of God can be built. It shows where your heart is, where your treasure is. That's where your heart is. But if you take a census, not because of religion, to draw the people in. But you take a census to see how big your ministry is. That's not for me. That's for you. You know, when I was studying this in ancient Jewish wisdom about David wanted to know, he didn't want to know how big God's kingdom was. He wanted to know how big his kingdom was. How strong his kingdom was. When I was reading this in ancient Jewish wisdom, I remember I was golfing a couple years ago with a good friend of mine, and he said, so-and-so in this certain state, he said, uh, I was talking to him, he wants to meet you. And I said, yeah, I think I know his name. He goes, oh, yeah, he's got a great church. And I said, what makes his church great? I, I mean, he said, he's got a great church. And I just said, what makes his church great? He said, well, he runs a couple thousand. And I said, so the, the number of people that sit in the pews, not the number of people getting saved, not the number of lives being changed, not the number of marriages being put together, not the number of drug addicts being delivered, not the number of, but the number of people is what makes a church great. So whatever we do, we do for the sake of numbers. We don't teach the word of God. We don't talk about sin. We don't talk about uh, different elements of morals. As long as we get them in the pew. And when I thought of this and I'm reading this about David and God bringing the plague, I'm thinking it is, you know, and we're going to deal with this. Is this plague, does this plague come from heaven or does this plague come from China? Is God perhaps angry because we're just kind of going through religious motions? You know, when I first got saved, you didn't miss church. Today, you have to make, church growth says you have to make an announcement 10 weeks in a row to hit 40 to 50% of your people. In other words, you know, when I first got saved, we had, we had week-long revivals every other week. You were in church for a while. Today, you see signs on church, we promise to have you in and out in 50 minutes. I wonder if we're just going through the motions. I'm not saying, I'm just asking. God was angry with Israel. God was angry with David. David wasn't counting the people for the kingdom. David was counting the people in his kingdom. Ancient Jewish wisdom says pride comes before a fall. 
and a haughty spirit before destruction. That's pride of a man. And you're going to see something here in a minute. I'm leading you up to something phenomenal. Pride of a nation. How many times have we seen God take a drug addict or God take a someone out of the depths of sin and use them and all of a sudden it's, well, it's not God using me, it's more me using God. And all of a sudden we think we're something as preachers. But what about a nation? What about a nation, one nation under God? And all of a sudden, that nation is the most powerful nation in the world. Went from people who came over here as indentured slaves with squirrel guns and rakes and shovels and defeated the British Empire. Because we're going to be one nation under God. Separation of church and state. The state is not going to tell us how to worship. The state is not going to tell us how to pray. That's how this nation was born. Right? Am I, am I right or am I wrong? Now I want you to show, show you something here. I'm, I'm, I'm leading up to something. We went from... We're birthing this nation because the nation will not tell us how to pray or when to pray or where to pray. We are, that's what separation of church and state is all about. It's to keep the state out of the business of the kingdom of God. True? Now we have the government saying you can't pray, you can't meet, you can't sing, you can't... You can't uh, 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 pray at a football game. We don't want the Ten Commandments in our schools. Now, all of a sudden, that's reversed. Now, all of a sudden, we have people in certain states and in certain government positions encouraging, encouraging the destruction of churches. We're going to talk next week about if we get the wrong person elected, it'll be six months and the church will not be meeting. They won't be meeting. They got a plan. They got an agenda. This, they're, they're showing this right now, and nobody's saying anything. David calls for a census to see how big his church is. I mean, to see how big his kingdom is. They call for a census to see how many people are on his side, not on God's side. Not on the Bible side, not on the Torah side, on his side. And then the Bible says something very interesting. It says, and the census took nine months and 20 days. Now, that's in English. If you read ancient Jewish wisdom, and it includes the counting of days of suns and moons, it changes the days. Can anybody think of something that is around nine months and 20 days? What? The birth of a baby. So God is saying here, why does God give us that number? Because he's saying something is about to be birthed. Either a great revival at the foot of the threshing floor 
or a great disaster of plagues. Something is about to be birthed. Isn't it interesting that we're talking about the second coming of Jesus? The Bible says that these signs will be as the birth pang of a woman. That secret goes all the way back to 2 Samuel 24 when God is teaching us the wisdom of the Bible and says, I'm about to birth something and it's up to you whether it is a blessing or it is a disaster. In ancient Hebrew, there's no word for coincidence. Now you want to go even something a little more, 15 minutes? You want to go something a little more exciting? When I was in college many years ago, it was during the Vietnam War that college students were protesting. Peaceful demonstration. Not killing people, not burning buildings, not taking over with the help of governors and mayors, taking over cities. Peaceful demonstration. It used to be in America that you had a right to say whatever you wanted to say. We're going to talk about the curse of Lashon Hara. Nowadays, if you say something and they don't like it, they can destroy your life. And we're letting them do that. We're going to talk about that. But I remember during the time when the Vietnam War and Nixon and things were stirred up and People were calling for change. I remember a college professor saying to the class, every great nation, every empire lasts about 250 years. And we were thinking, and he showed us this. Let me give give you just a, a few. Babylonian Empire lasted about 252 years. And you know, in any of this, you can say, well, when did it really start? When did it really end? Babylonian Empire, um, the Spanish Empire, 1492 to 1742 when the uh, War of the Spanish Succession ended, 250 years. The Roman Empire, um, about 243 years, give or take. The Asian Empire, Marmaluke's Empire, Ottoman Empire, pre-communist Russia, 240-something years. British Empire, 250 years. Now, why is that important that we look at history? And there's a saying that says, history. Why is that important? I'm going to give you a nutshell thing, but understand that I'm limited in my time. If you read Genesis chapter 5, it talks about, it talks about, let me give you the exact scriptures, the exact uh, scripture. Genesis, let me see where is it. Genesis chapter 5, 1 through 29, talks about the generations from Adam to Noah. Genesis 11, 10 through 26, talks about the 10 generations from Noah to Abraham. Now, why is that significant? Why does God go through all of that giving 10 generations. If you look up the word generation, when you're dealing with the spiritual, it means one thing. When you're dealing with physical science, history, it means another thing. 
The word generation that we have in English comes from a Latin word which means to beget. And where that comes from in science and history and social studies and stuff means uh, the age where a male is at his prime to beget the next generation. So that generation means 25 years. A spiritual generation is different, but a physical generation means 25 years. So there's a reason why God says from Adam to Noah, there are 10 generations. From Noah to Abraham, there are 10 generations. 10 times 25 equals what? 250 years. Now, if you look at the names, if you go home and study Genesis chapter 5, if you look at the names and it says so-and-so lived so many years, it's talking about a, 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 a very special mystery secret. Every name that's listed is a characteristic of that generation. Where did we used to get names from? If your name back in the old days was Baker, what was your living? If your name was Smith, what was your living? A blacksmith. That's what we get here. If you read Shakespeare, Shakespeare talks about uh, Mrs. Gossip and Mr. Tattletale. Guess what their characters are? Gossip and tattletale. If you look at the changing where God went from Adam, the, 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 the people were, climbed in character. But when it got towards the end to Noah, it declined and was destruction. And so it showed that there were at the beginning certain human qualities Think about the birthing of America. Human qualities like steadfastness, initiative, vision, determination, hard work, honesty, resilience, courage. Uh, all these things necessary to pioneer a society that's successful. But history shows that as a nation, think about America starting off. Pioneers, dirt, shovel, fighting the, the British Empire, trying to control how we believe. You know, when America was founded, we were going to make the, the, our, our, um, uh, our seal, American seal, was going to be the parting of the Red Sea. And our language was going to be Hebrew. Because we were going to base our nation on Judeo-Christian principles. And everybody that was coming, whether you spoke English or French or Latin or, or Dutch or German or, or Irish or whatever you were, we're going to have one language because we have one goal. Maybe we ought to make that language the language of the Bible. Now, it didn't end up going that way, but our nation was started with one nation under God, a handshake, honesty, integrity, morals built on the Bible. And so as our nation grew, our prosperity grew, our strength grew, our industrial power grew, our military power grew. But then something happens in every nation. What others work for, people begin to think they deserve. Now this is history. I don't have to work for it, give it to me. I don't have to be honest about it. Give it to me. 
And so every nation, it's amazing. I, I, I may teach something next week. It's, a secular, it's out of a secular book on the rise and the fall of the Roman Empire. And you won't believe what the number one key to the Roman Empire falling was. You, you, won't, you won't believe it. And it's not a religious book. It's a, it's, a, it's a secular book. But when you look at this, history tells us, not church, history tells us that this erosion of positive qualities lasts, the growth and then the erosion lasts a, approximately every empire it lasts about 250 years. It begins a journey of greatness, and then it rapidly begins a journey of decline. So you say, well, let me close with this. So you say, well, Pastor Larry, what does it have to do with us? What does it have to do with us, with our cities being burnt, people taking over uh, uh, downtown, smashing windows, uh, killing police officers, killing people, killing store shop owners. And uh, what did the uh, governor, the mayor of Seattle said? It's a block party. We're going to talk about right being wrong and wrong being right. Last sign, signs of the last days. So what does that have to do with us? Okay, the Roman Empire, 250 years. Babylon Empire, 250 years. Greek Empire, 250 years. British Empire, 250 years. What does that have to do with us in America? Right now, America is 244 years old. Right now, we are 244 years old. In an ancient Hebrew, that no word far. We have to be blind not to see that these are these are birth pangs of something that's about to be born. I have five minutes. Can I read you a fairly lengthy part of the scripture? Go with me to the book of Daniel. Do you know where Daniel is? Go with me to the book of Daniel. Go past Psalms, go to the right, Psalms, Proverbs, uh, Jeremiah, Ezek, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, get over to Daniel. It's on page 1309. I'm going to read a fairly lengthy part of the scripture, but I want to close with this. Pastor, do you believe it's set in stone what's going to happen? No, I believe it's up to you. I believe it's up to you. I believe it's either going to be rapture or it's going to be revival. I believe something is about to be birthed. Disaster or the greatest outpouring the world has ever seen. Read read this. This is one of the destructions of a nation. Chapter 5, verse 1. It's going to take a few minutes. Is that okay? It's it's fairly long, but it's, it's worth reading. Beleazar, the king, made a great feast for thousands of his lords and drank wine in the presence of the thousand. While he tasted the wine, Beleazar gave the command to bring gold and silver vessels, which his father Nebuchadnezzar had taken from the temple, which had been in Jerusalem, that the king and his lords, his wives and his concubines might drink from them. Now, this is obviously desecration of worshiping God, right? It's happening in America, guys. 
You, you better wake up. You, we better wake up. It's happening in America. You better, listen, you better vote for the person who is pro-Bible. Don't, don't vote donkey. Don't vote elephant. Vote Lamb of God. Don't vote what your parents say. Don't, what, don't vote what's politically correct. Don't vote what's socially correct. You better vote because I'm telling you, the mark of the beast is coming pretty quick. It's coming pretty quick. And you better, you better read what's happening here. Look at, look at, all right. Then they brought the gold vessels that had been taken from the temple of the house of God, which had been in Jerusalem. And the king and his lords, his wives and his concubines drank from them. They drank wine and they praised the gods of gold and silver, hmm, bronze and iron, wood and stone. In the same hour, the fingers of a man's hand appeared and wrote opposite the lampstand, on the plaster of the wall, the lampstand is the menorah, which represents the presence of God. Opposite the lampstand, on the plaster on the wall of the king's palace, and the king saw the part of the hand that wrote. Then the king's countenance changed and his thoughts troubled him, so that the joints of his hips were loosened and his knees knocked against each other. The king cried out loud to bring in the astronomers uh, the Chaldeans, the soothsayers, and all the and the king spoke, saying to the wise men of Babylon, "Whoever reads this writing and tells me its interpretation shall be clothed with purple and have a chain of gold around his neck, and he shall be the third ruler in the kingdom." Now, do you see what's happening here? Real quick, I'm I'm running out of time. You see what's happening here? They're partying. They're making fun of the things of God. They're making fun of the temple. They're making fun of the threshing floor. They're making fun of the worshiping of God. They're making fun of the presence of God. They're making fun of the church. They're making fun of the synagogues. They're saying, go in there and destroy them. And now it's happening again, guys. It's happening again. Can I have an amen on this? Do you see this? Okay. And all the king's wise men, and, and so they're doing this, and all of a sudden a hand came out, and wrote something on the wall. God's writing something on our wall of America. We need to under, we need to interpret what it is God's saying. So the king's wise men came out, could not read the writing, but made known to the king its interpretation. Then King Belazar was greatly troubled. His countenance was changed. His lords were uh, and his lords were astonished. The queen, because of the words of the king and the lords, came to the banquet hall. And the queen spoke, saying, "O king, live forever. Do not let your thoughts trouble you, nor let your countenance change. There is a man in your kingdom in whom is the." spirit of the holy God and in the days of your father light and understanding and wisdom like the wisdom of the gods were found in him and King Nebuchadnezzar your father your father the king made him chief of the magicians astrologers Chaldeans and soothsayers inasmuch as an excellent spirit knowledge and understanding interpreting dreams solving riddles explaining enigmas were found in this Daniel whom the king named Belt as they are, now let Daniel be called and will give the interpretation. Then Daniel was brought in before the king, and the king spoke to Daniel, Are you, are, are you that Daniel who was one of the captives of Judah? And my father, the king, brought from Judah, and I heard, uh, I, I've heard of you that the Spirit of the Lord is in you, and that the light and understanding and excellent wisdom are found in you. Now the wise men, the astrologers, have been brought in before me, that they should read this writing and make known to me its interpretation. 
But they could not give the interpretation of the thing. Oh, how many spiritual leaders are not reading the interpretation of this thing? And I have heard of you that you can give interpretations and explain enigmas. Now, if you can read the writing, make known to me its interpretation, you shall be clothed with purple and have a chain of gold around your neck and shall be the third ruler in the kingdom. Then Daniel answered and said to the king, let your gifts be for yourself. Give your rewards to somebody else. Yet I will read the writing to the king and make known to him the interpretation. O king, the most high God gave Nebuchadnezzar your father a kingdom and majesty and glory and honor. Let me read that again. O king, the most high God gave you America. God birthed this nation to be a light and a help to the world. O king, the most high God gave Nebuchadnezzar, your father, a kingdom and majesty and glory and honor. Gave you the wealth, gave you the victory, gave you the power, gave you the prosperity, gave you the blessing. And because of the majesty that he gave him, all peoples, nations, and languages trembled and feared before him. Whomever he wished, he executed. Whomever he wished, he kept alive. Whoever he wished, he set up. Whoever he wished, he put down. You think about wars and defeating Hitler, defeating uh, um, uh, the enemies of the world. You think about Russia. But when his heart was lifted up, his spirit was hardened in pride. What was David's sin? Pride. We don't need God anymore. What's always been Israel's pride when they went into Babylon captivity. We don't need God anymore. Our houses are built. Our cattle are fat. Our, our, our vineyards are flowing. We, we don't need God anymore. And God was angry. He was disposed of his kingdom throne and they took his glory from him. Then he was driven from the sons of men. A heart was made like a beast, and his dwelling was like a wild donkey's. They fed him with grass and like oxen, and his body was wet with the dew of heaven till he knew that the Most High God rules in the kingdom of men. The Most High God rules in the kingdom of men and appoints over it whomever he chooses. But you, his son, Belezar, have not humbled your hearts Although you knew all of this and you have lifted yourself up against the Lord of heaven, they have brought the vessels of this house before you and your lords and your wives and your concubines have drunk wine from them. We even say it this way. You took the Ten Commandments out of the schools. You took prayers out of the schools. You took the amendment. You're trying to take, you're trying to shut down the church. You're trying to shut down the, the places of worship. You're trying to tell us we can't teach the Bible anymore. That's exactly what's happening. Do you understand? Biden. <coughs> Biden. Uh, they brought the vessels of his house Biden, uh, before the Lord, your wives and concubines and have drunk wine from them. You have praised the gods of, I told this I wouldn't do that, which do not see or hear now. And God who holds your breath in his hand and owns all your ways, you have not glorified. The fingers of the hand were set upon him, and this writing was written, and this is the inscription that was written. Many, many tickle you farsum. This is the interpretation. What? What? Oh, did I read it right? 
Many, many tickle you far so. It's the way I read it. This is the interpretation of each word. Those who are laughing in the front row will not be there next week. Many, God has numbered your kingdom and finished it. Tickle, you have been weighed in the balances and found wanting. Perez, your kingdom has been divided and given to the Medes and the Persians. Then Belezar gave the command and they clothed Daniel with purple and put a chain of gold around his neck and made a proclamation concerning him that he should be the third ruler in the kingdom. And that very night, Belezar, the king of the Chaldeans, was slain and Darius the Mede received the kingdom being about 62 years old. Stand with me all over the building. I don't think it could be any more plain. But I don't think necessarily your kingdom has been removed is written in permanent marker. I believe it's up to us. Next week we're going to talk about America's great spiritual awakening. I believe it's in the balance. You right now, you, 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 me, you, are being weighed in the balance. Are you going to stay silent? Are you going to say what is popular? Are you going to say nothing? Or are you going to say, here's what God's word says? Here's what the Bible says. Don't tell me what to believe. Don't tell me what I can or can't say. Say, Pastor Larry, where do you think we are? Personally, I think we're in the eve of something great being birthed. A great outpouring of signs and wonders and miracles. A great awakening where our sons and our daughters and our family will be born again and saved. A great awakening of Jews and Gentiles coming together. And I believe God is saying to us right now, will you together, Jews and Gentiles, Baptists, Presbyterians, Lutherans, Christians, Catholics, will you buy the threshing floor? Will you repent for your pride, America? Think about how fast America has changed since, what, January, February? The new normal. Boom! Who, who would have ever thought? I can remember watching a basketball game, and all of a sudden they said, all right, everybody out. Everybody out. Somebody got tested for some kind of virus. And everybody's walking out going, what in the world? Boom, everything changed. Somebody's going to come up with a vaccine. And before you can walk into Kroger, before you can walk into Home Depot, before you can walk, I'm not Home Depot, Lowe's. They're going to need to know if you've been vaccinated. The census is going to be taken. It's the birth pangs. But I believe in all my heart, I believe in all my heart, what Satan's meant for evil, God's going to use it for good. 
I believe there's a great awakening taking place, but I believe a lot of it has to do with the next few months. The only way evil can win is good people do nothing. This nation was built on every race, creed, color on the rainbow. But it was built on the foundation that we are all the children of the Most High God. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Isn't it amazing that we're going into the blowing of the shofar, the feast of trumpets, we're going in the Rosh Hashanah, we're going in the Yom Kippur. I think by, by Sukkot, the feast of tabernacles, things are going to be pretty much sealed. But here's, for me and my family, we're serving God. What about you? If the rapture were to come right now, would you go? I mean, you know, you can't go if you're lukewarm. I remember when I first got saved, the uh, evangelists told the story. They're in some kind of communistic country. True story. Some kind of communistic country where you had to have an underground church. You had to meet in secret. And, and all of a sudden, they're in a basement. The door, pow, the door kicks open. And the soldier comes in and he goes, is this a Christian gathering? And the leader goes, yes, it is. He said, all of you who aren't real believers, get out now. Or it'll cost you. And so about 90% ran out. 10% stayed there. The soldier closed the door and he said, I can't be seen worshiping with anybody that's not a real believer. When people say something to you, your doors broke open. Well, you can't say anything now. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about that next week. But we're going to talk about the third great outpouring. And I believe in all my heart, we're not going home with a moan. We're going out with a shout. The question is, where are you? You've, you've got to understand. You've got to understand. Lukewarm. Will, it, rapture, if you're lukewarm or if you're not right with God, lukewarm, you'll miss the rapture. The rapture may, the rapture may take place between now and the Feast of Tabernacles. May, maybe, you know, it's not exactly... 250 years, sometimes 240. We're six years away from that. Are you, are you serving God? Is God on the throne of your life? That's the number one thing. If it's not and the rapture took place, you miss it. And if you think lawlessness is in the streets now, you, we, we can't even imagine. There'll be nothing, nothing. If you think it's insane that mayors and governors are, yeah, go ahead, let them, let them have downtown Seattle. Leaders of government that people voted for. If you think that's insane, a black retired policeman protecting his friend's shop shot him in the head. Nobody does nothing. Take that and multiply it by a million. You don't want to be here. You don't, you don't want to be here. You don't want to be here. Well, I'll just die for the Lord. It, listen, if you can't live for him now, you'll never die for him later. You don't, you don't have it. But what if it's rap, revival? 
If you're not serving God right now, if the revival comes, you miss that too. You don't get to be a part of it. That's why the birth pangs happen. I've had three children, two born in the hospital, one born at home. We miss the birth pangs. Oh, it's nothing. Get the water. Water doesn't do anything. We boiled it, though. Me and the assistant pastor birthed Luke right there. Are you ready? I want every head bowed, every eye closed, no one looking around. I've gone too long, but that's okay. It's my last double service. We can't have you come forward. We can't have your body come forward, but your heart needs to understand. Your heart and your soul needs to be right with God. Not just part-time, not just sometimes, not just going through the motion. And God was angry with Israel because they were they were being religious and not being right with God. Folks, this is real. This is this, we never thought this would happen. And it's gaining momentum. Revival or rapture. God wants you ready. As our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed and no one's looking around, you're here right now and you say, Pastor Larry, I need to get my heart right with God. And I mean, I mean, I mean to be, be serious. I need to get my heart right with God. I want to ask Jesus into my heart or rededicate my life to the kingdom of God. I want you to slip your hand up all over the building and just hold it there. I see that hand, 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 whole family, that hand, 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 thank you, that hand, that hand, keep it up. I see, I see that hand, yes, I see that hand, 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 God bless. Anybody else? That hand, God bless. Anybody else? What if the rapture came today? That hand, God bless. That hand, yes. Amen. Put your hands down. Look at me. Say, oh, pastor, that's scare tactics. Absolutely. I'm trying to scare the hell out of you. That's what it's all about. Woman, where are your accusers? None here, Lord. Neither do I accuse you. Go and sin no more. There are things that are right and there are things that are wrong. Listen, none of us are perfect. But we can serve God with all of our heart, with all of our might, with all of our soul. And I think this is a wake-up call to the church. I know it's a wake-up call to me as a pastor. Listen, I want you to prosper. I want you to be healed. I want you to walk in miracles. I want you to walk in joy. But more than anything else, I want you to walk with God. Because... Whoever thought we'd be here, where will we be six months from now? Revival or rapture, we get to be a part of it. Do you receive that today? Next week, part two of this. I think it'll blow your mind. Give the Lord a clap offering. Give an air high five to the person next to you. We love you. God bless you. Amen.